And welcome everyone to Films with Women of My Life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Hi. And Mama Kay. Hi, everybody. And Nicole's not on because she's already left me, so that whole last episode, you can ignore <laughs> all that. No, she's, oh, she's, having a, she's having a nice break, so uh, she'll be back on the next one. Tonight, we are doing One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami came out pretty recently. It's on Amazon Prime. It's in select theaters, if you happen to mm. live in a place that has theaters still. Uh, I was uh, pretty excited for this one. It was getting good, good word, and... Uh, the screenplay is by Kemp Powers, who co-wrote and co-directed uh, Soul, which we all very much liked. Oh, no kidding. Time. I didn't know that. Whoa. Yeah, so the, the writer of this also wrote and co-directed Soul with uh, with Pete Docter. Uh, he also wrote the play this is based on. I'm, it's another one of those okay. ones where you can tell pretty quickly this is probably based on some sort of play. Uh, so that's that's my base knowledge going in, and I obviously know the four people it stars, uh, the people they're portraying, not necessarily the actors. Uh, do you guys know anything about this going in? I feel like I've seen this on the list for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah me it. too. That's, I mean, it was in Venice, right? The Venice Film Festival, so that was what, during the summer? So, uh, that was in fall, but yeah. Fall. Yeah, so September. I mean, it's been out there, it just hasn't been wide release until now, so or until recently. Um, yeah, same with, I feel the same way. It was on the list for a long time and I thought we were going to get it in before the end of, uh, 2020, but here we yeah, are. it didn't come out to the 15th. So we wanted to give everyone time to watch it and give listeners a chance to watch it because we do spoil. So, uh, on Amazon yeah. prime, if you have any interest and this is a synopsis, if you don't know, one night in Miami is a fictional account of one incredible night where icons, Muhammad Ali, and this is Cassius Clay, but Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and Jim Brown gathered discussing their roles in the civil rights movement and cultural upheaval of the 60s. So if that sounds interesting to you, it's got a, like a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes, kind of a critic-proof movie. Also directorial wow. debut by actor Regina King, now director Regina King, so good for her. Uh, and if you have any interest in this synopsis, uh, it's on Amazon Prime, so spoilers now. We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, so we're going to meet our four men here in 1963. First, Cassius Clay, who's fighting Henry Cooper. Uh, he, he's an arrogant, he's overconfident, he does his little little dancing moves in the ring. He's uh, kind of like a, like a professional wrestler style, where he uh, gets the crowd going more so than the average fighter who's all business. Uh, we also get introduced to Sam Cooke, who is a very famous soul singer. He's also a producer and businessman. Uh, he has a humiliating performance. Uh, that's how we're introduced to him. But uh, that's that's our introduction to Sam. Third guy we're introduced to is running back Jim Brown, who is a very famous NFL running back, one of the best of all time, played for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and he has a very uh, awkward encounter with Mr. Carlton on a vast mm. plantation estate. Awkward is very kind. It's a not a it's it's a bad encounter. Uh, yeah, and finally, <laughs> I think it's, it's good more until than awkward. It's actually it good until rude. it's not. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> I you could I immediately when that scene started, I'm like, I think I know where they're going with this. But uh, and our final gentleman we meet is Malcolm X, who is a famous uh, black uh, activist for uh, the I guess the old the the the, the 60s social justice movement. Uh, drumming up but he's one of the old figures he is part of the nation of islam as well which is a uh, controversial uh group at this time and he even is 
considering uh, his role in it and whether or not he still sides with these these uh, people he's aligned himself with. Fast forward a year to 1964, February 25th, when Cassius Clay, who will become uh, who will become Lee, so the more famously known, he wins his title bout against Sonny Liston against odds and uh, him and the other three men who are all friends in real life and did in fact in real life meet in a in a hotel room after the fight. They all go there and have conversations. Now the conversations are fictional because no one really knows what they talked about in there, uh, but that's the majority of the movie is these four famous, uh, well-off, wealthy black men in a time where it was not common, uh, discussing their role as, as black men who are in, in the spotlight, who have power now. So what are they going to do with it? Uh, that's enough of a synopsis there. Um, let's do Mama K this time. What do you think of the plot of this movie? I think the plot of this movie is, um, it's, it's ingenious. You know, I like things where they kind of base something on something that happened and then kind of go you know investigate something that really nobody has any nobody alive anyway has any real um well jim brown jim brown's still alive right jim brown is still alive yeah the other okay three so he could have been the, yeah. has he like has he you know chimed in on any of this or i did some minor research but i did not see anything about what jim brown i mean he's in his mid-80s so he's very old but i, I don't know how, what he's doing these days yeah. like if he's, that's yeah. really old for a football player man um yeah, yeah for a football <laughs> player especially <laughs> they don't always well it's kind of that far i mean thinking about that now too it's kind of funny because this whole this encapsulated time period where they're talking in this motel room i mean he's sort of the one that has the least or at least in my opinion maybe somebody else feels differently that sort of has uh the least skin in the game sort of he's already um he's pretty much made his decision about what he's going to do with his life and uh is going to do that so he's kind of there a little bit just to play off some of the other characters we can talk about that i guess in characters but the plot of this is interesting because it, you know, this, this, all of this could have happened or it could have them been them just sitting down and having a really nice vanilla sundae, which, you know, when you're going to have two ice creams and they're both vanilla, no, that's, that doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I'm going to not talk too much about this already too much, I think, but the plot, of, I like the plot of this movie. I'm going to go ahead and give it a three and a half. Before I flip it over, Jess, you are a little older than the rest of us. Do you knew who all four mm. of these gentlemen were? And what their role, you know, what they did right before going in. Yeah, I, I knew all of them and what they did. I didn't really know a lot. I think I knew the least probably about Sam Cooke just because um, he his life. I mean, Malcolm X's life ended right after this, too. But or, sorry, spoiler. But um, Sam Cooke, I think he died shortly after this in this thing that happened, too. So, yeah. Um, I don't think that I was, I knew his music. I didn't really know very much about him, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm pretty well fleshed out on the other characters. Yeah. What do you think of the plot, Jess? And also, did you know these four, what these four men were known for? I knew um, Muhammad Ali only as Muhammad Ali. I knew he had uh, a previous name, but if you told me it was Cassius Clay, I, I wouldn't have remembered. Um, yeah. And I, I remember Malcolm X learning about it in history, but if you ask me like what he did, I honestly probably wouldn't remember. So those <laughs> are the only two that I at least had some some inkling or uh, thought towards. I didn't know Jim Brown or Sam Cooke. Mm -hmm. So this is this was so, so some things about this were so similar to Ma Rainey's uh, Black Bottom. Um, it felt mm. like just just the setting. It was based off of how many 50 or 60 years ago 
And then four men just shooting the shit. <laughs> it was. It's basically. It does also that. happen. Yeah, in my rainy. So. Oh, see, I, I didn't do that one, so I'm like, I'm learning here. There's, no, um, I mean, they're both based on stage plays. The Ma Rainey takes place in, I think, 1920s. This is 1960s. But yeah, they're both older right. time, you know, black rights issues uh, based on plays. So yeah, there's similarities. And I think I honestly liked Ma Rainey's a little bit better. I don't. I felt like I was more engaged with the characters. Um, although it's just pretty much all sitting in a room and talking. This one I, I felt a little more spaced out on. Um or like maybe less attached to their stories than I was with uh, Ma Rainey's. Um, but once we just talked about how Ma Rainey's was meant to be a theatrical performance, I used my knowledge of that and was like, hey, I bet you this is supposed to be a theatrical performance. Oh, too. yeah. Oh, so just, I learned something. Uh, getting educated. <laughs> <laughs> I am. But I, it, it was interesting um, hearing their stories and their backgrounds or, and relearning um, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali's story. I definitely got bored with this. I had to watch this in pieces because watching it all at once was just too much for me. Um, so <laughs> I think I had the same criticism with Ma Rainey's. If you like action or things happening, uh, yeah, probably not yeah. for you. So <laughs> I think I'm going to give the plot a three. Yeah, if I throw in, I was thinking about other play movies you've done, and Ma Rainey's came to mind immediately, and then uh, you were not just, but Ma Kay and Nicole and I did Boys in the Band, which is another right, uh, based yeah. on a play, also you know in the 60s. So those three I kind of had all in the same, this, that, and Ma Rainey's I kind of had all in the same head space. And I, out of those three, I think I like this the most. I like this pretty oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah, like Boys the... in the Band a lot too. So no, I, I like the second half of Boys in the Band. Boys in the Band is yeah. really boring in the first hour, and then the second hour is pretty good. But this this I got into quicker. I like the four. I like our four characters a lot, and I knew who all of them were to varying degrees. I knew more about some than others, but I knew who they all were going in, so that helped. Uh, I didn't know anything about Ma Rainey or her crew going in, so that uh, I I like the the plot of this. Um, it's hard to know. Um, like it's it's just it's written w- really well because you know in the real life we have no idea what they talked about they might not have talked about anything and at the end of this obviously is when and we're in spoilers Cassius Clay comes out and decides that he's going to be known by Muhammad Ali and in real life that didn't happen the night of that happened like nine or ten days later so I mean it's it's, it's it plays around with the facts a little bit but um, the story and the middle the whole middle section when they're in the room I really like a lot of their conversations I like everyone's very clear stances on one. They are, I guess. Uh, Cassius is the least solid. He's the youngest. He's the. He's also probably the biggest now. Now that he's won this fight, like he's. This is just him becoming the biggest. And I think the if greatest. you were to the greatest, right? Well, I think if you yeah. were to ask the layman nowadays, out of these oh, four yeah. people, he's the most famous. Muhammad Ali is the most famous out of these four today. Back then, I don't know. In '64, I have no idea who would be the most famous. But uh, it, it, I, I really like the plot of this, and let's get more into the characters because that'll be interesting to talk about. I give the plot a, yeah. a four. I like this more than the other two. If I'm comparing it against the other two plays we recently did, uh, and the characters, other than our four, I mean. Uh, what what do we even need more than for? I mean, there's Brother Kareem and Jamal who like hang out <laughs> right? uh, by the door. Uh, the the there's couple Betty. of wives, yeah, Betty, Betty X, Barbara Betty Cook, Shabazz. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, and uh, we get the one, the guy on the porch, the, the mean dude. Um, oh, but, yeah, Mr. Mr. Bill Carlton. Bridges. Yeah, Bo Bridges. But uh, yeah, there's mostly four guys. What do you think of the characters, Jess? I think the characters are all unique, and it was it was fun seeing their different backgrounds. Again, how it's 
similar but different um, when two of them were talking about race and one of them was like, well, you're light skinned. So it's not really the same as my mm. perspective of race. And then he's like, wait, yep. aren't we all the same? So I, I liked seeing things from that perspective. And I, I did like how there was kind of flashbacks or talk or I guess seeing prior events in their lives. Like we talked about um, Malcolm X, uh, his what happened to him and the very beginning scene talking to that man and how he was treated or uh, watching Sam Cooke perform and stuff and everything like that. I think that was um, really interesting. And it it's like they all were on the same team, but they all were very competitive too. It, it was hard to see what the dynamic was. Um, and I, I didn't see, I guess, Malcolm X's intention until the very end. I don't know if that if was obvious to you guys, but um, I obviously he was um, influencing Muhammad Ali and convincing him mm-hmm. like Islam is the right path. But I didn't know he would steer the other direction and be like, well, I have a new path that I'm kind of making and I want you to join along with me. Did you guys see that coming? They they kind of talk about that in his yeah. in his how they have the four intro scenes and in his intro scene he's talking about to his wife about how he's not sure the direction of the uh, and what what is the, what is that group that specific group called the the, the something nation of the nation nation of Islam yeah which is a specific sect um, and yeah. yeah in the beginning he's talking about he's not sure and then they don't really talk about it much until you know it, he he has his breaking point at the end uh, and says he's thinking about veering off. But yeah, they, they sprinkled it in. I didn't know if it was going to come to in this, in this story. Yeah. Or Jim Brown talking about how he wanted, he talked about like being in a Western and being a movie star. You know, the guy mm-hmm. was like, you're not really a movie star. If you, if you get uh, killed off at first and they were like, it's, it's not for people like us. Um, mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of getting played or you're kind of, it's not as big as you think. Um, so all, true thoughts and intentions and it was just interesting to see their specific take on it since they have such different backgrounds talking about them all together um so i'm going to give the characters a four what do you think Monica? yeah i think this is one of those movies where the characters and the plot are really wrapped up and as i was watching it and i watched it in two little segments too but as i was watching it and got when it was getting toward the end i started to think about that this is really you know this is really a malcolm x vehicle this is really we're seeing you know how he's relating to his three other friends and he's going to be doing this very deliberate thing that is very you know that ends up getting him killed in in real life by separating himself from the nation of Islam, not because he doesn't believe uh, in the nation of Islam and what Islam means to people as a religion, but because of, you know, the problems that a lot of people have with a lot of religions and a lot of things is that the people in charge tend to forget what their message is uh, and not, not walk the walk and just talk the talk. So I think a lot of the times when he, you know, he and Sam beef, through the whole thing and i think it's mainly because he's trying to work in his head the justification of him you know doing this and and making this big and this is how he's going to be true to himself is he gonna you know he's always talking to sam about you got you know what are you doing you're you're just a plaything for the white people and you're not being true to whatever your truth is but i think he's saying that to himself to kind of you know get himself all pumped up to make this big transition in his life it's really interesting from that point of view 
it kind of blurs out the other stories a little bit. Like I was saying earlier, I think Jim Brown gets lost in this a lot. Um, and he was a very outspoken person at the time. He was, you know, kind of, they were all, I don't know about Sam Cooke, they, they were all controversial figures. You had, you know, Muhammad Ali, who's this young buck coming up and he's, you know, unapologetic for the fact that he thinks he's the best and people didn't like that. And the fact that he was a black man was even more, you know, egregious, I guess. So the characters were, were well fleshed out except for Jim, Jim Brown. I was a little the support there wasn't much of a supporting cast because we didn't go outside the room very often but when we did i found it it was it was a night it was refreshing uh when they were out just parking lot scenes or when uh you know regina king would have them shoot what was happening at the swimming pool you know ladies just sitting at the swimming pool kind of with their feet in the water and Mm -hmm. uh the the scene when they went to the liquor store where salmon um and Muhammad Ali went to the to the, to the liquor store. You know, I like all of that. I like the, how it played out. And it kind of helped, you know, ground the characters a little bit. Um, but I do really think this was a, a Malcolm X vehicle. And I think I think it was probably true to their whether regardless of what happened in that room that night, which it sounds really ominous when we say it like that. It's really a conversation. But what happened then in the conversation? Whatever happened in um, that room is probably way less like structured and like, th- like this is a dramatic retelling. I'm sure in that room, like right. they were probably just hanging out. Like it was probably more like the scene in Ma Rainey's where they're shooting the shit in the locker shooting room. Shooting the shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, you can't. And it probably, you know, and it lasted a lot longer and you just can't have that. Nobody's going to watch that. So you have to have something that's a little more focused. Um, I was, I was involved with the characters. I have, I always have a little bit of an issue when, you know, when it is a stage play that's brought to, when it's not a musical form, when it's a stage play that's brought to a film adaptation, because it can be, it can be stagnant. And there were moments when it really was, uh, I didn't find the whole thing boring but I there were moments where it was stagnant but I think camera angles and things like that we can talk about later might have helped a little bit but I love I loved getting the insight on the characters in this movie um I totally see the guy who played Malcolm X probably playing you know Barack Obama at some point so just tall skinny man yeah I'm gonna give the characters in this movie a four and a half yeah, it's a character piece. It's it's the four and how good do these four people embody their their roles? Um, I, I'll start with my least favorite of the four as far as portrayals. This is not on the actual people. This is the actors portraying. I don't know about the Muhammad Ali guy, uh, Eli Gore. Uh, he had and I lo- looked up all these guys. I knew Aldous Hodge and Leslie Odom Jr. Aldous Hodge is Jim right. Brown and Leslie Odom Jr. Sam Cooke. People know him from Hamilton. Um, but uh, the guy Muhammad Ali like came off as like you know the, the most childish and he he was like he that's was his choice but as a result i think malcolm and sam especially get the most gravitas scenes jim gets the jim gets the good one uh that i really liked with uh um him uh him and malcolm the, the, sitting at the table yeah the light no. skin thing and uh yeah getting, yeah and yeah that that is a really good jim brown moment and he has a, I, I like his performance a lot, even though he gets not a lot to do just because he, you know, he's the, he's the quiet big man in the room and uh, he's not, uh, M- Malcolm and Sam are the ones who, who really get off on each other a lot, which they have the best scenes. And I, and the guy who played Malcolm X too, like, I thought he was good. Um, and I don't know if it was his portrayal, the writing, the directing or what it was, but the way Malcolm X comes off in this is a, a little more, um, he comes off as a, a more rounded edge figure than I have 
what I've you know read and watched videos of him led me to believe. I pictured him much more militant than he came off in this. Um, I don't yeah, know. If he that came would, off but... kind of soft, a little bit. I thought it was soft. I That's, For what I knew I mean? about him, he came off softer than I. Th- Thought yeah, he, yeah. Like he's still yeah. he's still the guy in the suit, and everyone talks about how like he puts he has a put on way about him. Like even in the room, right. you, like you, you you talking the same way to the cameras that you talk to us. Like what are you doing? And like I thought that was, um, but I, I it still felt softer than I I pictured the real Malcolm X. And Sam Sam Cook is I think my favorite character. He's the most interesting. He's he's the businessman selling. To, I like his little speech about selling. Uh, to the to the white people and like Malcolm X thinks he's a sellout for doing that and Sam's like every right. time he, you know little little Susie or whatever pop, pops a nickel in the jukebox that's money in my pocket that's money in Bobby Womack's pocket that's money for our people like I, I like I like Sam's take on it uh, uh, yeah the but way, Sam's the, take on it and Malcolm points it out is is uh singular it's 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 not tribal it's not you know it's it's not about the the black man as a whole it's about him and it's about his tribe you know what i mean no it's not it's Be- not about benefiting. the movement it's yeah it's yeah, about yeah. him yeah i understand that but i also i don't know I, i'm the i like the business-minded guy i, I understand yeah i'm just more of a yeah they, they have diff- they're all they have the different <laughs> sides and then at the end we do end with sam uh writing that uh writing change is gonna come uh, which is, you know, that's another thing he was criticized by Malcolm is that he couldn't, he couldn't write a, uh, the Bob, the Bob, what's the Bob Dylan song that uh, gets under his Blowing skin. in the wind. Blowing in the wind. He's like, yeah, how did this, how did this white boy from Minnesota write a better struggle song than you ever could? <laughs> and then that gets under Sam's Because of Vietnam. That's why. Because of Vietnam is why. But, you know, Malcolm doesn't have a job, so that rolls back to that. I do like that, too. Who says that? <laughs> J- uh, Jim? Jim? Jim's like, yeah. Yeah, Sam. Uh, you don't even have a job. He's like, you know, we're not waiting on a paycheck from a white man. You don't even have a job. Uh, see the, 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 right, the middle chunk in the room, like, this is why I like this better than um, the other two, is I can remember a lot more. I know we saw this most recently, but I can remember a lot more lines in here. I like our four characters more in their interactions. Uh, Sam Cooke also, there's a really good documentary on him, Two Killings of Sam Cooke. He's a really interesting figure, and I liked his uh, Leslie Adams' portrayal quite a bit. Uh, and his death is a very interesting um a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on with that. So not enough time to get into that. Just on this movie, just on these characters. I'm at a four or five as well. Uh, very solid. Cassius, I could have used a little more punch up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he he had not as much to work with, I guess. But uh, visual Cassius and sound. punch up. Come on. Really? Dun, 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 dun. Uh, the <laughs> visual and sound based on a play. Regina King's di- directorial debut. You know, what do we think about all this? Uh, I'm okay. This is rough because... I think I want to be kinder than I'm going to be because because of the nature of it being an adaptation from a play, you know, the things that I really like in this category don't happen in that room because everything that happens in that room is very, uh, it's static, even though they move around and the room is pretty big for a motel room. I mean, it's got two beds it's and then big. it's got and, and it's right. got this little area where you can eat and a kitchen for the ice cream and then it yeah, also for a dumpy has motel a, it's not bad for a, yeah well and i don't i don't think it's a dumpy mo- only it's only dumpy because sam said so because he's staying at the fountain blue so he's staying at the white man's <laughs> hotel so sure. it's only dumpy because he said it is i think it's not that bad i mean 
I don't think it's that bad. But it's still a motel. And but yeah, I get it. It's still a motel. Yeah, it's definitely a motel. And it, but it has a record player. I'm like, what the heck? That that's not a real thing. I'm getting distracted now by that. Sorry. So this is um, a year before you were born, so they could have had him back then. I don't know. That's true. All we had was the beds with magic fingers. You put in a quarter, and the bed vibrates. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> I always um, thought that was just in movies. I didn't think that was a real thing. It was very odd. Oh, that was ever a listen, thing. Listen, listen, it was a real thing. And when that was broken, it was heartbreaking. I'm not, I'm not lying. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, I'm saying a lot. Also, the TV, you had to put coins to make the TV work. So there was, what? you know, Jesus. yeah, I mean, there's a reason the room was $19 a night. It's because you had to put coins to make everything work in the room. So. I don't even remember the last time I like physically held a quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I, I get when I go to a parking meter and doesn't have a credit card slot. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not parking today. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I actually had to use one last week, and I was panicking because I didn't. I was like, I don't even think I have any money on me at all. So, but I did have a rogue quarter. So, thank goodness. Um, (laughs) But so. I like that I, you know, the stuff that's in the room is about the characters and I can't really, I, I have to separate that from the movie making part of it. There, there are scenes, there are things that Regina King or the cinematographer does in this that I really like though. I like when, when they first pull up into the parking lot in that big giant car, I don't know what kind of car it was. She shoots it from the top and the doors open and they don't open like regular doors. Like the front doors open the regular way, but then the back doors open up the opposite way. So it looks like, I don't even know how to explain it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Did you not Uh, notice this? You just like describe the Batmobile. (laughs) I don't think I know. (laughs) Did it have butterfly wings? I don't remember. I remember the the Sam's car was cool, but I don't remember like the door opening ways. Sam's car was cool. I'm not talking about Sam's car. I'm talking about the big car where they where he pulls up with Muhammad Ali and and they're that that washed right over me. I don't know. Oh my god! It's a go back and look moment just for a second because it's shot from the top (laughs) and the doors open all at the same time and it's like I said instead of it being like two wings it's like the front set is the front wings and the back set's like the back so it's like butterfly it's crazy looking i loved it um that might be my favorite Mm. part i like things that happen in the parking lot i like when malcolm x goes out to use the phone booth i'm i'm always you know there's always this little thing that runs through it that never actually comes to fruition where he keeps seeing these you know couple of white guys that are you know kind of sketchy out across the street and talk later on they're they're talking to some of the brothers from the nation of islam and so it's all there's a lot of little clue things that never uh they, they're threaded around but they never come to fruition and i'm okay with that i think that that's you know that 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 leaves you to sort of want more and to get want to get more information from it and she didn't have to put those kind of things in it would have been the same without it i'm thinking that you all never noticed that anyway so that's okay music i mean you have sam cook uh and unfortunately a little bit of bob dylan stuck in that's a bad point for me (laughs) so um i i like that i like the fight scenes in in the ring and um and i love the scene where we uh, meet Jim Brown. I don't know when we're going to talk about that, but that was just... Resident uh, Field seems like a good spot. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute then. So, um, yeah. Eh, eh. I- I'm going to go three and a half on this. Wow, that is actually generous. Uh, what do you think, uh, Jess? Yeah, when I think resonance... Or I'm sorry, when I think visual and sound, um, it I, this is similar to... 
other movies that are meant to be plays. There's not too much to pick up on. And really, the only visuals I really think of are, like, the flashbacks that happen that aren't in the room, like Muhammad Ali fighting or Sam Cooke at his uh, concert when he had technical difficulties. Um, oh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, I like I like that scene. That probably is one of my favorites because it, it I feel like we were, we were stuffy in that motel room, so having other kind of scenes was like, oh, this is, like, nice to look at. But when I compare this to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, just because they're kind of in the same bucket, I feel like I like the way they did their visuals better. It was a little bit more flashy, and I guess the, the way the characters interacted with each other, like the manager and them, it was just, it, it felt more upbeat than this was. I get that it's two totally different vibes, but I think this visual definitely was boring. Uh, there's not too much significance here. And I think a lot of it is because there are no females at all, and females kind of spice things up. Um, <laughs> so it, it really is just four men talking, or wives, just for like a minute. But uh, I, th- I think if there was maybe a girl to look at or at, see her opinion on things or something like that. It, yeah, it this is women in the, in the films with the women. Where are the Exactly. Right. So I, Where are the women talking. at? <laughs> oh. I'm more harping on this because there is no women in the visuals or the plot, and I think that's why I find it not as interesting or as good as like Ma Rainey's or any other, other similar kind of movies. Um, so I will probably give this a 2-5. So if we're compare if we're comparing it to the the play ones that we've done the show, I think it beats Boys in the Band quite a bit because Boys in the Band is was poorly staged, I think. Uh, and there were th- if we're comparing to Ma Rainey's, Ma Rainey's I think did way better with setting. Like that locker room they were in looks way better than this motel room. Yeah, that's and, what I'm uh, saying. Like that was kind <laughs> of like flashy and like a little yeah. bit more interesting. This I agree kind of you. felt suffocating and a little like dusty or like you need some fresh air to go outside or something but even when we get fresh air on the roof in this the uh this is uh you know it it felt uh, amateurish there's a lot of camera problems i notice in this blocking is kind of poor in the room like we didn't get good centered shots on people or when they weren't it didn't feel like it was intentional to have someone in the corner or something uh i i noticed something and i heard it on another show actually i was listening and reading some other stuff on this movie and someone else noticed they break the 180 camera rule which i don't know if you guys know that but it's when you have a shot between two people and you have a 180 line drawn between the two people and you can go over the shoulder over the shoulder back and forth and if you break that 180 line it disorients the viewer and it makes it look like they're both looking off in the same direction when you go back (laughs) and forth and so they do that i think when sam's going to the door like the way they show him and they cut back to malcolm i believe it is like it looks like they're both looking in the same direction when they're when they're supposed to be looking at each other it's small amateur mistakes like that as well as like uh like the roof scene i think didn't it should be a breath of fresh air when we leave that room for the for the middle of the movie, but it didn't feel any extra. That's actually one of my least favorite scenes. I was just going to say it, that scene didn't resonate with me at all. Like no, that it didn't, didn't do add anything, anything to me. Nothing really, other than I think that was supposed to be a break in the action. But honestly, it was like yeah. I, I, I imagine that's where the two of you. You said you watched this in chunks. I imagine that's where the two of you probably 
paused it and came back the next day. Yeah. I watched it in a row, but I if I if I were to pick a part where I was like, all right, I can I'll come back later, that's the part. Uh having said that, there are things I like about this more than the other two stage plays we reviewed, and that is that we have a lot of the good flashback uh scenes. The first four scenes in the yeah. beginning are very good when we talk about the Jim Brown on the porch scene with the guy. That's a very good scene. Uh and just said it, and it's my favorite visual scene too, and we flash back to Sam and the music, the musical equipment fails, and he gets like the stomp, clap, chain gain, uh, uh, chant going. All of that looks good, and like we we cut between him and the crowd, and and Malcolm in the corner really well. So all that's very good, and I think that's like a good promising look at like, all right, she's got some visual flair. But when it comes to some of the ba- the technical basics, eh, it was noticeable for me, and it's probably good she had a. Fairly critic-proof, all-acting piece. She's an actor-turned-director, so it's good to have a mostly acting movie based on a play. This is a good first movie for her, and I think she had some good moments where she shines, and she's gonna she tightens up the screws a little bit. Her next piece can be better, but uh, there was a lot of um, amateurish mistakes I saw in here. So it's I am being a little, it's a little critical, but I'm with Jess. It's like a two-five because there is there are flashes of promise in here that I definitely saw with a couple of those uh, not in the hotel or in the motel scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, ending and some of our resolution stuff. We already talked about the flashback with Malcolm and Sam that they actually had met each other the the time before and they knew who Malcolm knew who he was. Uh, we get Cassius talk to the reporters right after has Malcolm on his side there, uh, even though they have their little blow up in the room and they reconcile. And this is where he announces that he wants to be Muhammad Ali. He turns on the he turns on the villainous charm like his favorite wrestler, Gorgeous George. Uh, no, and he then- he only becomes Cassius X there. He doesn't become Muhammad Ali until he's at the Nation of Islam. Oh, you're right. He becomes Cassius X, and then he's Muhammad. Yeah, Ali Cassius and- X. Yeah. In the later scene where he, yeah, he's at the Nation of Islam, officially changes his name to Muhammad Ali, uh, but we also see the fallout of uh, of Malcolm. His house gets firebombed. I don't know if that's supposed to be from like racist people who don't like him, or if it's from the Nation of Islam for trying to part with them. I don't, I don't know which which they're trying to. Oh, portray I assumed there. it was Islam related. That's what I thought too, but I wasn't. I, I, I didn't come as fully clear. But he's got enemies at this point. He's on the decline. Right. Um, Cook gets his debut on the Tonight Show. A change is going to come, and Jim Brown leaves the NFL to pursue his movie career. And I didn't know this, but he actually was in fifty-one film and TV shows, so he had a career. Oh. He was he was the lead in several films, so uh, Jim Brown actually did quite well. I was watching Nicole was watching Bits and Pieces, and she was like, ah, "I bet he didn't. I bet that didn't pan out for him because <laughs> athlete turned director does not or uh, turned actor does not always work." But I guess Jim had a nice long career, so good for him. Oh, what about uh, The Rock? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's very different. The wrestling, wrestling, to, <laughs> wrestling, and a football player. Wrestling's already kind of an acting performance. So, uh, film ends maybe with that's title. why Jim Brown stays. You know, is still alive because he stopped his football career. Didn't. That's true. Again, the only one still alive out of the these these four men. Out of uh, all, film, yeah. <laughs> well, two of them died within a year after this event. Right. Uh, we get the title card. Uh, Malcolm X uh, about the the quote from him about the martyrs and the cause, and then we get the note that he was assassinated two days after he made that statement, February twenty first, nineteen sixty five. They don't say it, but Sam Cooke died in sixty four. So he died in that year. Uh, Muhammad Ali didn't die till. I think 2016, but he had a lot of health problems. So anyway, that's the end of this movie. Uh, Resonance and Feel, back to you, Jess. Um, I feel like my Resonance and Feel isn't going to be as high as it should, 
we need to summarize the events that happened at the end, like showing how everyone's lives went on. I feel like that should have been a more moving part of, of the movie, especially because it's not in the motel. So we actually see <laughs> what happens in their lives and how they how they grew and the the things that they talked about and I I guess how they I, I don't know I. I I didn't feel that moved by it. I was just kind of like, all right, this is the ending. This is the summary and we're done. Especially for Malcolm X's house going on fire, you would think you would have feel some sort of trauma or something in your heart. But I, I feel like it was just kind of like, and this happened and this happened and this happened. Also when Malcolm X and um, uh, Muhammad Ali, well, previously named Muhammad Ali, um, when that whole controversy happened. I feel like it should have been a much more heated fight and debate amongst them and everyone. Um, like Mama K said, Malcolm X kind of drove this movie, but it. I feel like it wasn't there. I don't know. I, I just didn't feel as much emotion as I think I should have, especially with such influential characters. The only two things that resonate with me or that I'll remember is that beginning scene with Malcolm X or the concert that um, Sam Cooke had. And it's those two events aren't really related to the core themes of the movie. It's just kind of flashbacks or showing events that happened to them, but doesn't really incorporate with the plot as much. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I didn't feel as much as I should have. Um, so <laughs> I'm probably going to also give this a two five. What do you got, Mama K? Yeah, I have a different feeling about it, I think, only because I didn't know that these four people knew each other, like, didn't really know that they had this, this friendship, this kinship, I assumed, you know, they're all alive at the same time. But uh, it is a little disparate. You've got somebody like Muhammad Ali, who's so young at the time. And, and, you know, I knew, obviously, that he had a relationship uh, with the Nation of Islam. I didn't know that it was... A, you know, particularly close with Malcolm X. I, I mean, you can make that assumption, obviously, but as far as, you know, Sam Cooke and uh, Jim Brown in the mix, if you would have said that all of this was not a true story and then you'd get those ones together, I'd be like, this is great. But the fact that these, all these people did know each other and there was a friendship and, and a bond between them, um, that's going to stick with me. That's going to be something that that's like a, Oh, here's a new fact for you, Mama Kay, that you didn't know at your age. <laughs> um, so I'm, that's that's always fun for me to be able to to learn something like that. I also think that it there were pieces of the movie. The honestly, the the Jim Brown thing I did not see coming because I think I'm looking at it with, you know, 2021 vision and not 1963 64 vision of what would be happening if. You know, this man that all of a sudden, you know, this the scene that happens and Bo Bridges character is like, you are the most revered person in town and we're going to show you off and, you know, we're so proud yeah. of you. And then it's just like, but you can't come in my house. I was just like, I was after I he offered to help move furniture, too. That's what. It hurts yeah, so exactly. <laughs> it's like, I was like, well, he was offering to do you, you like a favor. And like he's just like, oh, son, you know, the rules like I'm like, oh, that's it's not even so like awful. he felt bad about it or had any sort of empathy. No. Or it was like, like, eh, you know, he just kind of was like. And I unfortunately, I think that's just how the way it wasn't out of character for that time. Oh, I love I love Jim's statement later on too. During the when he's talking with Malcolm, is he's like I I could give a I could give a fuck about those you know podunk rednecks who who 
who have all that hate in their heart and come out and say it. It's the ones who think that they're doing me a favor just by being nice to me. By like, those nice are the ones him, yeah. who re- those are the ones who really piss me off. And I, 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 right. I, I that was a powerful scene. I like that. Do you think though he was as taken as back? I mean, he probably was not as taken aback as I was because I was taken aback. I mean, I literally, I think I flinched and went backward, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, what the hell?" But he was, you know, he asked. You know, he asked, can I help you? Can I help you move that whatever dresser or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, so was he expecting it? I don't know. I, it's that's an interesting thing to ponder. So there are some things about this that are going to stick there that are really sticky for me. Um, most of the stuff that happens, though, in that room is not what it is. I mean, there is there is that conversation about, you know, light skinned blacks and and I had recently had the same conversation because um, we were reading how to be an anti-racist and I was reading it with a bunch of people from work. And that was one of the things that came up is that people were surprised that there is that in the past and maybe even now, probably even now that there is, you know, the people see differences between people in the black community, see differences between light skin and black skin blacks and when people that I was with were saying things like that like I had no idea that that existed and I was like that's why you have to get out of Maine honestly because if you lived in any city anywhere you would know that that's part of the culture and you know I mean there's Becky with the good hair you all should know this so I you know if you don't know it it's because you're not paying attention so um I that scene is going to be sticky for me too also two tubs of vanilla ice cream just redundant um, so re- resonance and feel for me for this movie is, is pretty good. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, yeah. The scene you're talking about is the most feely, uh, the, the Jim Brown not being allowed to yeah. help move furniture. Like that is like the gut punch scene and it comes, it comes early on. There are more scenes that I really enjoy and like really good bantery dialogue that I will remember. This is more sticky yeah. than I was expecting. I was expecting to like this about as much as Ma Rainey's or boys in the band. Where I'm like, hey, it's got a lot of boring parts. Just a couple of good speeches. You know, it does well for a stage play, but in the end it's going to be like, and eh, it's like a three, three and a half star movie move on this. This goes past it a little bit just because the, the four performances are so good. I did, get to uh, you know i'm the i am the emotional wreck here i did not get to any tear moments uh not that this is exactly you know clawing for it uh although i think there are definitely several malcolm x moments that are maybe supposed to make you feel that way and maybe for some it will um but uh, it didn't quite get me there either uh so the presence and feel if we're talking literally is yeah it's maybe i don't have that but it is stuff i will remember in here the jim brown scene the the flashback sam cook and Malcolm X concert part and just a lot of the good conversation that the four of them have and like the different perspectives they they have with with their their place in the world and I think uh, it's a good it, I, I had a uh, not a smile but like I was intent edge, edge of my seat intently uh, transfixed for you know a couple of different two or three minute segments of this and uh, I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that's something so I'm gonna give this a four for essence and feel uh, you know, one of, pretty much the highest grade I can give without getting to tears. Uh, and we are at <laughs> the end here. Uh, one night in Miami. What are we going to do? Uh, start with Mama K. You going to recommend it? Well, I mean, it would be a hundred percent recommend if they actually, cause the whole point of this is they went to this room thinking that they were going to have this party, right? And the party <laughs> never happened. Oh I yeah. Mean, Sam whatever happened there, 
Yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to party with I, Malcolm, this fucking teetotaling guy. <laughs> yeah, I think all of them were hyper disappointed with the exception of Malcolm. So I think, you know, for in varying degrees, because that was not a party. So, um, but yeah, I'm still going to recommend this. This was, this is a good watch. And I think that, that if you've seen some of the other things that are out right now, particularly, like you said, around Sam Cooke, around, around Malcolm X, if you're a fan of wrestling or football, or, you know, if you're just paying attention to what's happening right now, this is, this is a good movie to see. Jess? Um, I certainly think this would be a better play to watch than a movie to see. It's hard for me to recommend, um. Similar because, to your Ma Rainey. That's pretty much the I same know, thing because you had. I'm, well, it's same same sort of situation. Because Ma Rainey, again, it had Ma Rainey as a woman, main woman character, and I think I really like that more. It was more flashy. The relationships that she had with her um, employees was more comic and even mm-hmm. like more animated. So I think that held my interest a bit more. I'll probably give it a slight recommend because it wasn't a bad movie at all. I think it just has a lot of not pouring parts to it, including the visuals and just all talking. <laughs> For me, if you're going to watch a civil rights movie in the based in the 20th century, based on a play, and you're looking at this or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or Boys in the Band, this is my favorite of those three. Uh, so I recommend this one. Uh, it's not the strongest of recommends. Like there aren't everyone's not going to like this. It is two hours. It's a lot of talking. Uh, some people will be bored by it. Um, but of of the uh, civil rights based on plays in the mid to early to mid 20th century movies that we've done in the past two months for some reason. Uh, this is definitely my favorite of those three. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a medium ish recommend for me. So we got uh, three varying kind of softer medium ish recommends, but that's recommends nonetheless for one night in Miami. And yeah. that is going to do that for that one. We've got some more streaming stuff. HBO max, Jess, I have to credit you. Cause uh, you're the one who brought it to my attention. Like, Hey, we should get HBO max and add it to the thing. I'm like, it's actually a really good idea. A lot of they'll have a lot of good stuff coming out. Most of our schedule coming nice. up is HBO Max because it's going to be on HBO Max, and a lot of them will also be in the theater simultaneously. So if you don't have HBO Max and theaters are open, you can do that. If you you know can't do that, vice versa. So I think it's a good way to either do theaters if you're comfortable and you can, or stream if you are not and you can't. So we got some more HBO Max 2020, 2021 movies coming up, and we're going to get listener suggestions in there, maybe like once a month, kind of like we do the host picks, I think is a good way to do it. So recommendations for us, send them over to me. Here's where you can do that. Films with the Women of My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. Email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com, and we're also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. Thank you guys for being on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Until next time, this is Brendan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Telesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.